Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. right now is, especially with money, but this this really is with everything, what causes this blind spot? Because what's most important is staying safe. It is the fundamental um, groundwork for most everything that we're taught as, as little children as we grow up. It is staying safe. How do we literally stay safe? It's not about how we can experience the best life possible, how we can create something that nobody's ever created before, how we can we step in to our dream. Because for the average individual, all of that is extremely risky. And if that's risky in life, then we're not safe. And then they have all these ideas of what could go, what literally could go wrong. So for the for the average individual, we're programmed with something that I call a need story. And I'm only going to spend a couple of minutes on this. I don't want to take up too much time with this, but this will give you an idea of what it is that we're trying to stay safe from. And then I'll show you as we go through it, what's actually causing it like every step of the way. So over and over again in our life, we hear, don't take more than you need. Don't use more than you need. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Um, And it literally becomes this set point in our mind from a financial perspective. Because nobody ever says, here's how much you should earn. They only tell you what you should or shouldn't have in life. And then we use our own perception to create a life based on what we basically think that we can do versus what we really want. And we're like, okay, well, I have this job. I have this skill set. This job pays, you know, between this much and this much, and if I get that job, then I could raise a family, I could have this kind of house, and maybe someday I can retire. And we limit what we really want based on what our opportunity suggests that we can have. And that really comes down to what we need in life financially. And it's reinforced by safety, it's reinforced by how our parents earned money, it's reinforced by societal beliefs in, in what is good, what is ethical, what is a value system, very hard work, um, not, uh, not taking more than your share. It just goes over and over again with how it's reinforced. But then you have these two other stories that literally live in people at the same time. One is a wealth story, and the other one is a poverty story. What's fascinating about these two stories is that nobody had to say to you, wealth is bad. Even though I'm sure that there's some of you that were actually taught that in, in, or you heard it somewhere. Nobody needed to say that to you. You could literally have an experience where for whatever reason, at some point, they, um, they were you know, fighting over money. So it created uh, this fear inside the family. Why would it create a fear inside the family? Well, when parents are fighting, kids are raised with the idea that their security comes from parents, not from money. So 
like subconsciously in our DNA, our security comes from our parents. So as we're growing up, we start to hear money interjected into conversations. We don't have any concept of money as little children. So whatever our parents' relationship to money is becomes the foundation of our relationship with money unless we actually change it, okay? But it becomes the, the, the primary experience that we have around money. When we associate money with any kind of fear based on the family, like if mom and dad are fighting, what if they, what if they break up? What if they go away? What's going to happen What's going to happen to me? It's, it's, a, uh, it's a very emotional situation for a child. But the child doesn't say, oh, there's a disagreement between mom and dad. They associate whatever the concept of this is in their own mind as being the threat between two people. So now you have people that have very strong opinions about money. Why do people have strong opinions about money? Because money is associated with the quality of our life. It is associated with our survival and our ability to actually bring it into our life. It's, it's totally linked up with how we survive in life, not to mention the quality. So if there's something that threatens that survival based on the disagreement of how money should be handled, how it should be earned, what it should be used for, you can very much have two different people in a relationship and one person wants to live a one quality of life and another person wants to live another quality of life. Maybe one person wants to have a little bit more of an extravagant lifestyle and the other partner doesn't and, and that scares them. And they wanna have a lifestyle that they know is 100% secure. Keep in mind, the security is a complete illusion. It's a total illusion. It's based on whatever it is that they were told about security, but you have to understand there is none. There is no security out there. Security is in our ability to adapt as we move through life. It's about emotional maturity, psychological maturity, experience, being taught significant skill sets that allow us to adapt to situations, and then being in those skill sets for a long period of time to see how do they work with different scenarios that, that show up. So if, we're, if we have a skill set that works for everything, like the laws of the universe, then we don't have to worry so much about when the rules of something change, because the rules put us in a box, okay? And how to get outside of the box is always on the outside of the box, meaning that you have to experience something to change your awareness to get on the outside of that box. And then you have to understand those rules to stay out of it. Let's say that you are, you understand what your monthly need is and you want to increase your income like Tracy does. And in the process of wanting to do this, your first approach is, let me work harder at what I'm doing. And you literally start to get the income up a little bit. But as you get it up, something always goes wrong and it causes it to come back down. And before you know it, you're right back where you, start, where you started. I have talked with thousands of people from all over the world for 20 years on this principle. And it's interesting because the circumstances are always different. The context around it is always the same. 
meaning that they wanted to increase, they wanted to create something different, but something happened and whatever rationalization they made in their mind caused them to come back down to where they were. And in a lot of cases, it was many times over and over again. They tried and they tried and they tried and they tried and they kept coming back down and trying to come up with something different when that wasn't the problem at all. What's really the problem is that there's a story up here that says going in this direction up here is dangerous. It's dangerous. What we have to find out is how did we link a story as far as earning more money or the achievement of earning more money to, to jeopardize our safety? For most people, it's literally being seen as a person that has more money. And you might think, well, what, what does that mean? Well, think about it like this. If you only earn a little bit more money, nobody really knows about that. But if you earn a lot more money, you're going to spend it on things. The quality of your life is most likely going to change, and people are going to see that. And if people see that, who have a judgment around people that make more money, they're going to judge you, especially if it's people that you know, like your family. So if, if mom and dad had a story about wealthy people, even if we're not 100% clear about what it was, but they weren't wealthy themselves, but you saw them judge wealthy people from, from some perspective, we will develop the idea that there's something wrong about trying to achieve this in our life. And as we get close to breaking through this money story and literally creating it the way that we want it in our life, the fascinating thing is our subconscious mind kicks into high gear and it starts looking for all the reasons to bring us back down again um, to this place here that we have verification that it's actually safe in our life, okay? It's the same thing with a poverty story. Many times people have had situations, like right now is, a, is, a, is actually a great um, idea around this poverty story because here is a person that's actually they're earning whatever they're earning, they're meeting their need every month, and a situation outside of their control causes their income to go down, okay? So a lot of people are out of work right now. It's causing their income to go down, and they will experience it go down, go down, go down, and at first, they're actually in fear around it. They're in fear. But as it gets closer to suggesting that they may completely lose everything. And when I mean lose everything, I mean they're like living under a bridge, lose everything. You will find that more and more people, the urgency of changing that kicks in and they will become more resourceful in life instantaneously. And they'll automatically start shooting back up. And when they do this, what they see in that moment is they see opportunity they didn't see before because they're now willing to step into a higher desire, a higher need for themselves in the moment, and you'll find that they become more resourceful. They, they, they see more opportunity than they saw before, and they're willing to change because the thought of going below this line is too painful. And one of the reasons that it's painful, well, obviously, we wouldn't want to have our whole family, you know, go out and have to live under a bridge. But the other thing, and it's really true, is that people are afraid to be seen as a failure of some kind. The observation of others within the human psyche is a very, very strong thing to be judged by people that love us or to be judged by our peers. 
when that happens, I mean, so many people live their life based on the idea that they need love and appreciation for someone else because they were never really taught how to give it to themselves. So they're constantly seeking it from an outside source, which means they're always alternating their behavior to make sure they're in harmony with what's going on with other individuals and their approval to get it. But it'll always stop the person that needs that approval from doing something where they literally stand up higher than other people, take a stand for something in their life and say, this I'm going to accomplish in my life. Because when I do that, if I say, here's my dream, here's what I want to create in my life, I rise above mediocrity. And when I rise above mediocrity, I'm standing for something. I'm saying, I'm putting my, my, my stake in the ground. Here's what it is that I want in my life. And when I do that, I'm seen by people. I'm seen by people that agree with me. I'm also seen by people that, that will, they will find that threatening or they will have an opinion about it that is based on their paradigm and it's not good. I can get judgment from both sides. If that judgment is going to hurt me in some way emotionally, um, if it's going to chip away at my confidence to do something, I may very well back down from that idea because too many people are judging me for what it is that I'm doing. I'm seeing a tremendous, Steph and I have gotten a lot of information from people, a lot of requests, like, is it okay to do business right now because so many people are getting slammed on the internet for doing business? And I'm not talking about people that are price gouging or, or literally taking advantage of other people's pain. I'm talking about individuals that have the ability to go out there and see a need and fulfill that need based on the, on the business they have, the skills that they have, and the experience they have, and yes, actually charge for it. The more people that can actually do that right now, the better all of us are because it keeps the economy moving. And when everything gets back to normal, the people that are having real problems will have a much better chance of getting their life back because the economy did not go down too far. The longer the economy goes down, the harder it is for those people that are on the bottom that are really down here to get back because it messes with their head too damn much. So the people that do have their head on and, and figure out a way to make it through it, the better for them because they're helping lead everybody out of the situation. You should be thinking, if you have the ability, how can I expand right now? How can I do something? Because as I expand my business, I'm helping people expand their lives in some way, and it helps everybody when we do that. What we don't want to do is we don't want to let these stories pull us back down into the ground to a place where we can't get out of our own thinking. And the worst thing is, is to, to literally have the idea of safety running around in our head as a control mechanism that tells us how to think about everything. Think about it like this. Go back to the law of polarity. If we're using the law of polarity in a way where we're calling safety a truth. So I didn't really explain this part. Let me explain this. Anything that I put up here is the thing that's the truth. And that truth is, has a holistic component to it that, gives, that makes the polarity work. That the polarity has to be there because it's a whole thing. So up here we have truth. Now, if I say safety is the truth. If I hold that as a beacon of truth in my life, I've got a real problem because it's not true, okay? It's absolutely not true. Why is it not true? Because at any moment, life can change. 
So if it becomes an absolute in my mind, I instantly bring the law of polarity in and I start evaluating things from the principle of being not safe and safe, but what am I using to define safe? How am I defining that in my life? What are the qualities and the rules that make something actually safe? So whenever then I'm looking at whatever I want to do, I will see all the reasons in it why it's not safe if it's outside of my paradigm. Why is that? Because even if you were told a lie about safety, like here's a big one that came out of like after World War II, when we really started taking off as a, as a country here in the States, people were taught, if you give us loyalty, we will give you safety with working for a company. You go to work, you work hard, you stay with the company forever, and they will give you, they will give you safety all of your life. It was, a, it was an idea that was sold to the middle class, and none of it was ever true because there is no company that can guarantee that they will employ you and take care of you for the rest of your life. But people bought into the idea even when there's evidence that it's not true because it harmonizes with their idea inside that they actually have to be safe. So what it does is talk about not being resilient. If, if, if safety is the thing that I'm resilient around, I will always give up my dream, which would have me go over here. I would completely get that out because anything that would involve my dream would have so much unknown in it. There's absolutely no way that I could reconcile safety in my mind. And I would always look for what doesn't work. And I would find something in my old paradigm here that, isn't necessarily true, but it was in my experience growing up. So that would be the foundation of how I would think. And I would, I would con myself into believing that that situation or circumstance or the way that I behave in that situation or circumstance is literally safe. And you have to know that it's not. That paralyzes people from becoming resilient. It paralyzes them so that they don't have to think. And Knowing how to think is a, is a skill, it's a strategy. It gives us the ability to really look at the laws of thought that are based in like cause and effect and the holistic idea of taking in the entire truth and not just bits or pieces because it fits a specific narrative and then making an evaluation as to, is this something that I want to do? Is this going to take me in the direction that I want to go? So let me break this down a little bit further. This diagram is a very interesting diagram because it, what it does is it explains how a person gets set up psychologically in order to not see the truth that we actually want to see in life. So what we have here is what we call a core wound. Now, a core wound is something that develops out of, say, an experience that we have where we're literally threatened by being cut off from the whatever gives us security as a child. So when we're born, parents give us security. It's the most important thing for a little baby to have is that security. And, you know, when we come out, the first thing they do is they cut the umbilical cord. We're set, that's the first separation. But then as we go through life, as we start to grow from that little baby, there's times where 
mom's not there or mom is emotionally distant or maybe mom has really severe issues and it could be dad also. It gets internalized as something could happen to me if I don't get mom or dad's attention back. So babies are linguistically challenged. They have to learn to communicate in a way that is going to get the attention to come back where they feel certain inside of themselves that, that everything is actually going to be okay. When there is an inconsistent development with that child, which happens all the time with, with babies, uh, the parents are inconsistent. That sets up the idea of uncertainty in that child's subconscious mind. So what does the child do to adapt to that in order to be able to live through the process of, 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 uh, of childhood? What they do is they learn how to manipulate to get uh, a, 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 a desired response from mom and dad that actually makes them feel certain. So they start to read the different ways that mom and dad show up in different situations and circumstances. And then they behave a specific way and see if they can get a response from them that makes them feel more certain. So as this process starts to grow in a child's life, what really is happening is that they're very hyper-focused on the situation that they're being raised in, and nobody's ever saying to that child, let's find out who you are. Let's find out what your skill sets are. Let's find out what your talents are. Let's find out what you like and what you don't like. The child is being forced to adapt to everybody else's world. Parents, school teachers, church in some cases, social environment, peer groups, and the child is constantly experiencing one level of rejection or another and one level of acceptance or another and altering its behavior so that it can keep the feel good of acceptance going without having the threat of that rejection from no matter who it comes from. So literally the child can develop many different behaviors that are designed to get other people to change their behavior so that we feel good. This is why there's so many adults out there that, that walk around blaming everything else in their life as it being the cause of them not feeling good. So everybody else has to stop being whoever they are in order that they actually feel good. What we don't get is to understand who we really are so that we know ourselves and we, and we feel that we can be 100% authentic in our expression as we grow up and go out in the world. Because that authenticity would allow us to tap into different ways of thinking so that we can be resourceful. If I'm preoccupied with the idea that I'm worried about what you think, then I'm going to more consider what you're thinking than really do or be what's actually in my heart as a person, where I come out and I can be everything that I really want to be and express myself in a way that I want to and create the life that I want to because I'm too worried about what other people are going to think. The problem is, is that when we get into some kind of a crisis situation or really any challenge in life, the brain can't get to the other part of the brain. The paradigm can't get to the resourceful part because it's too worried about what other people think. And then that resembles not being safe, which created this to begin with.
it was created out of the idea that the child wasn't safe and had to adapt to some form of behavior to allow them to be safe. Now, con continuing to go through life, we also get a really good dose of shame and guilt as we begin to move through life. Shame says there's something wrong with me, and guilt says there's something wrong with what I've done. So when we're not born with shame and guilt, by the way. It's, it's taught, it's learned, and it usually begins at home. If we're shamed and guilted for trying to be authentic, what ends up happening is that we, we internalize the shame and guilt and we wrap it around the self, the internal self-image. And that becomes a huge barrier in our life when we start to move out and even try to explore anything else. Because if we try to do something and we're shamed or we're guilted for whatever it is that we're trying, we instantly retreat back into another place. So we move from shame and guilt, we move down to secrets right here. Secrets are when we have experiences in our life that we have shame and guilt wrapped around and we don't want anybody to know about them. And here's, here, like, those can be not good things, okay? It could be abuses, it could be breaking of boundaries, it could be toxic stuff that happened in your life, but it can also be your own secret desires. It could be the thing that you really wish you could be or do or have in your life. You keep it a secret. You don't even allow yourself to entertain the idea. And it's all stuffed down inside. We carry that around with us in the form of these secrets. The core fear that a person would develop out of this generally is abandonment. I mean, it can change a little bit based on different situations in a person's life, but it's really abandonment because the association in the beginning was that the parents would be there. And even if the parents were there, but they were like emotionally not present, or psychologically not present, or even physically not present in the person's life, they develop this fear around abandonment because they really believe that they need other people to be in their life in order to be safe. Now, we can also associate that with who we're being, what we're doing, how we're doing it, what we choose in our life, how we think about our life. So anything that would challenge that fear is going to put us in the crosshairs of, you know, extreme risk and not actually being safe. So everything then is going down in this idea of how can I be more safe? We develop our personal beliefs out of the opinions of what other people tell us, and we evaluate that then based on the fear. Does that challenge my fear or not? If it doesn't challenge the fear, it's okay. If it challenges it, then it's out. We then pick roles that we play in our life. Roles are are like definitions of who we are in different circumstances. And then when we're in that circumstance, we play that role. So some people play the victim role. Some people play the saver role. Some people play the role of in order to get attention, they have to be sick. Some people play the, the person who always wins or is always educated and they know everything. There's, there's hundreds of roles that a person can take on in their life and they develop these roles by the limited positive feedback that they do get when they're emotionally starving as a child. So if they, re if like somebody recognizes them for something, very often they'll be like, aha, if I do this behavior, I get positive feedback. So I'll take on that role. But it's not the essence of who they really are. It controls the thinking. And then they have patterns of behavior, which lead to 
life experiences and behaviors. And what that does is it reinforces their core wound or their core belief system about themselves. And it just keeps verifying. Life just keeps verifying over and over and over again that this is the way that it is. We keep getting the same results. We keep repeating the same programming and we literally stay in the same position because we have not trained ourselves to think outside of the paradigm, outside of the, the, the problem to get what we want. So now let's talk about how do we get out? How do we get out? What do we do to get out? Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.